welcome to another episode of the Digiday Podcast. I'm senior reporter Kaylee Barber. And I'm Tim Peterson, senior media editor. So Tim, you spoke with Christy Tanner, the EVP and general manager of CBS News Digital this week. Um, And I'm curious, did she get into the impact of the Facebook news last week about scaling back distribution of political content at all? Yeah, we actually opened up the conversation talking a bit about that. Um, And it just seems to be, well... This is just what Facebook does every now and then, and this is why uh, publishers like CBS News Digital try not to be overly reliant on any one platform like Facebook. That makes sense. As for like political content in general, um, has did she say anything about like the Trump bump turning into like a Trump slump in viewership? I did ask about that, and she said that January um, was a record month for them. Hmm. Although that seems reasonable since unfortunately we had the attack on the Capitol at the start of the month and then the inauguration. Um, But she said it's that like since the inauguration, things have kind of sustained. So it seems like there hasn't been a Trump slump. Um, And obviously also we still have COVID, the second impeachment hearing just started up. So the news cycle hasn't really eased off all that much. So to be determined, I guess. Um, Awesome. And then for their distribution, did she get into anything about like where CBS News um, streaming viewership is primarily coming from these days? Yeah, it's interesting because she talked about how they're playing around with TikTok. So we dig into that because CBS News, not necessarily a company you expect to see on TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. But then the big priority for them is CTV. And that's where they're seeing like 80% of their viewership uh, is happening on CTV right now. Got it. Awesome. Um, well, I'll let you get into your conversation with Christy. Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So I think you're one of the handful or so recurring podcast guests, although it's been a couple years since you've been on the Digiday podcast. It's been a couple years. Last time I was in France. Very different now. Now I take it you're in New York. (laughs) Now I'm in my bedroom. So we are speaking on February 10th, and this morning Facebook made a little announcement that it's going to cut the amount of political content in people's news feeds. Confirmed with Facebook that that includes political news articles as well as videos. I'm curious, like, what your thoughts on this news are? Well, my thoughts on on this latest announcement are that we've seen a lot of announcements from the platforms over the years. And without singling out any particular platforms, what what we've seen is a proliferation of lies and uh, you know an increase in the number of people who don't have a shared version of facts and truth. So whether this latest announcement will have an an impact on some of the plagues that are affecting our society remains to be seen. We've we've seen too many announcements and not enough results. What are the results you would like to see? Wow, that is a great question. I, I mean the re, because it's a question that gets to you know, what what I personally want um separate from maybe what I what I think might be best for the business um or 
best for society. So I think uh, in terms of what I would like to see, I to some extent, I'd like to see a return to what some might say is dull and boring politics. And by that, I mean healthy debate, uh, healthy points of opposition, but uh, a shared set of facts, at least a shared valuing of the truth. And um, what we have right now are opposing realities, and and maybe more than more than two, multiple opposing realities. And it tends to break down on what we would call partisan lines, where a majority of Democrats uh, have one version of reality and a majority of Republicans have another. Obviously, there are lots of people who don't identify as either Democrat or Republican. And some of them are just tuning out from civic engagement and discourse. That concerns me as well. So right. so that's my answer to what I would personally like to see. I personally would like for our, the, the political part of the news business to become more boring. And um, what I'd like to see from a business perspective, however, is continued growth of trusted news platforms such as CBS News, CBS News Digital, which I oversee, CBSN, which is our streaming platform, because, you know, despite everything I just said, uh, our audience has been growing. So as partisan divisions have grown in this country and that gulf has widened, at the same time, people looking for what my team is delivering, which is trusted news, nonpartisan, fact-based information, uh, that aspect of our uh, of our audience is growing. Are you seeing that it's growing in any particular respect? Because like CBSN, for example, you all have been around for six years, correct me if I'm wrong. So imagine like been growing, you have a core audience. So in the past year, have you seen any particular characteristics in terms of, oh, we're getting people in this age range or with, you know, who are seem to be interested in these categories of news? Well, I think the good news for those of us who are interested in facts is that interest in facts is not age specific. So we are seeing a wide range of, of age groups discover our news, whether they're discovering it through connected devices or through our social accounts or uh, a wide range of ages are discovering and becoming loyal viewers of our news. And I would say that our, our TikTok account, which is very straightforward, no dancing, fa- <laughs> basically just factual news, is, uh, is growing tremendously and exponentially. And I would say it's, it's, it's maybe one of the more boring TikTok accounts in that nothing particularly whimsical is happening there. But 
that really encourages me to see that um, users of that platform are embracing uh, the type of straightforward hard news that we are delivering day in and day out. What does CBS News look like on TikTok? Because I imagine like a risk there is that you all could come across like the Steve Buscemi, uh, hello, fellow kids meme. Well, let, let's just say it, 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 it is very similar in tone to what you see on CBS News on other platforms, which is really fact-based, really straightforward, and at the same time, um, native to that platform. So I think we're always trying when, when we're testing out a new platform and developing a tone or a style for that platform to be authentic to our brand, but at the same time, uh, not pander in any way to what the perceived audience is. So one thing that makes our team of social journalists cringe is when they see other brands, you know, pandering to what they perceive is a different tone that a perhaps younger audience might want. We have never seen any indication that the younger audience needs news dumbed down or made quote-unquote air quotes fun, or in, in any other way diminished uh, from its, its seriousness or straightforwardness. And I find that to be really encouraging. News is news. People who are interested in uh, nonpartisan news uh, tend to actually fit a similar profile in, in many ways. They, they, they are actively rejecting some of these more extreme opinion-influenced outlets that may call themselves news or may be perceived as news, but don't fit the definition of, of news that we at CBS News and other similar outlets uh, have formed over many decades of being in this business and um, developing a, a professional approach to news gathering. So if correspondents aren't dancing while they're reporting the news on TikTok, I don't imagine they're singing the news, but is it just cutting clips from the traditional feeds that you're putting on CBSN or elsewhere? It's, it's taking the best stories that we have and using video and text to to tell those stories in a way that is authentic to the TikTok platform. And I think going back to you know your point and your question about what young people might want, a really uh, instructive moment for me in my time at CBS News came at the 2016 uh, Democratic Convention in Philadelphia, back when we could get on elevators with large groups of people and be jammed into elevators, I got on an elevator with Bob Schieffer, who was in his 80s then and is in his 80s now, and obviously an iconic CBS News journalist. 
And it was a very mixed crowd on this elevator in terms of age. They're young and old. And everybody went nuts for Bob Schieffer on this elevator. He, there couldn't have been a bigger celebrity on the planet in that elevator at that moment than Bob Schieffer. And I mean, that isn't my only data point in understanding that younger audiences uh, take news just as seriously as older audiences. But you know, it's stuck in my mind as, as evidence that you don't need a, quote, young anchor to appeal to a, quote, young demographic. It just isn't necessary. They're, they're looking for authenticity. They're looking for experience. They're looking for people who know their business and know their stuff and can help them understand what is going on. That person can be young or old, black or white, um, Republican or Democrat, if they have the goods. And I, that's a vague term to say you have to have the goods, but Bob Schieffer certainly is a person who does and is, is always authentically himself uh, in any format. Now, he's, he's actually not on our TikTok account, but that, that experience is something that I, I, I think back on when, anytime I hear somebody saying, well, we're going to reach young people on such and such platform. My, my objective is to reach people as many people as possible, uh, regardless of their age. We are out to uh, amass as much market share as possible for facts and nonpartisan information. That's it. I'm more curious about like the context of TikTok because it feels like TikTok is still more positioned as like an entertainment platform than a kind of general content platform like a Facebook or I guess not so much Facebook anymore, but like a YouTube would be. Well, TikTok certainly skews toward entertainment. And I think as we've seen with other platforms as they've developed, it's it's it can be easier to dive in with entertainment. There tends to be a bigger advertising base for entertainment. Uh, the The rules are looser for entertainers. So the, the rise of influencers shows us that you can make money um, as an entertainer and defined as such in ways on these platforms that would not be okay for uh, news gatherers or journalists. So I think that that when, if you follow the money on any new platform, it's where there can either uh, be uh, a sponsor or a subscription achieved. Speaking of, are you making money on TikTok yet? We're not making, CBS News is not making any money on TikTok. We're looking at it right now uh, as uh, an experiment to see what works and um, for myself, having having been in digital now for for uh, a couple decades, this is a tried and true uh, method of testing out new platforms and seeing what sticks and um, deciding when is the right time to dive in is an inexact science. But we're in there and it's growing super fast. So it's fascinating to watch. How many followers do you all have? We're more than a million at this point. 
And that's grown a lot in a short period of time. And TikTok feels like it's one of those platforms where it it benefits quality more than quantity. Like I feel like when I've talked to creators or talent managers in the past, one thing that they've talked about is kind of with each TikTok video, you effectively have to like earn your audience all over again. And that throwing up a bunch of different videos doesn't really help you, especially if you know people aren't reacting to those videos as much what's been your content strategy like how often are you all posting to tiktok well in in the hierarchy of platforms that we're focused on tiktok's actually near the bottom because it's it's new it's experimental our goals to quote get good at a new platform Uh, i remember a, a few years ago um when instagram stories launched and we felt okay now here's yet another feature that we need to learn uh, the ropes of, see what works, and then do more of it. We've seen this over and over and over again. All of these new platforms are additive to our audience. We want to be wherever wherever a news audience is. Uh, we've successfully proven time and time again, along with other similar like-minded platforms, that, that social media um, is, a, is a good place for trusted news. And we definitely want to be in that environment. At the same time, we know our business is really streaming news on connected devices. So while it's, 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 I think imperative that a digital organization be testing and and understanding new platforms and what works, the platform that's the most meaningful for us right now is connected TV. However, we want to define that, whether it's a Roku-enabled TV, uh, an Apple TV box, um, or even a mobile phone that is being used as a replacement for TV, within our own apps um, within those connected TV devices and our our feed, which is a part of many different services are the most meaningful contributors to the growth of the business part of CBS News right now. So that's where the audience is um, adopting new news habits the fastest, in the highest volume, and where they are spending the most time with news. So someone may see our TikTok video in the course of spending time on TikTok in other ways. But where they're really digging deep and diving in is with our live streaming news video on CBSN on connected devices, exponentially bigger than any social platform is uh, our stream on a connected TV device. You raise an interesting point there of connected TV versus streaming, because I feel like a lot of times uh, the two get conflated and, and in a way, rightfully, you can watch CBSN, Netflix, whatever, on any kind of device. Connected TV is one of those devices. How do you? How much of your streaming strategy is oriented specifically around connected TV, and how much is just streaming in general? And connected TV just happens to be a primary device that your audience is checking you out on. Well, it's constantly changing. 
okay. honestly, there's a new platform that that we're lighting up at least once a quarter. Right before the holidays, we launched on PS5 and on Sling. And at the same time, our TikTok uh, versions of news were growing. So in, in, on the one side, you're seeing growth of streaming news uh, for long periods of time and two new platforms on, on which we literally did not exist in November. But then in December, we turned them on. Um, adding to the more than 20 devices, services, and platforms that where you can already find CBSN as a, as a live stream. So connected TV is a kind of a shorthand term that encompasses a lot of things that technically may not be part of that definition, but I, tr- I sometimes use that so, so as not to bore people by listing all the different <laughs> services and types of ways that you can get the stream. So let's define it as like me watching it on a TV screen, whether that's I'm casting it from my phone onto a TV or I'm going directly through a PS5 or a Roku. Okay. What what share of your viewership is coming on connected TV right now? Well, in terms of minutes, in terms of minutes streamed, more than 80% of the minutes streamed are coming on what you and I would define as a connected TV or connected TV device. So total minutes, more than 80% are coming through a television, <laughs> um, which it tells you something. That's where people are, are dialing in and digging deep. And, and those are the people that you would define as a news omnivore, a person who wants to be in the know up to the minute at all times. Sometimes that person is a turn it on in the morning and leave it on all day type of person. Sometimes they're an appointment viewer who comes in for a half hour or an hour a day to catch up on headlines. Either way, they're a different profile than somebody who maybe sees CBS News on a, on a social platform amid a variety of other things that they might be doing. There, those those uh, longer duration viewers are more valuable, obviously, because they will consume more advertising. But they're also more valuable because they're hand raisers and they're, they're turning their device on and they're specifically coming to CBS News as a brand. So that's where we want to build our business. That's where we invest the most time. And becoming good at TikTok is fun. And it, I think it gives us credibility and strength as a digital organization to be able to learn, adopt, and uh, refine our tactics on any platform that comes before us. But we're also very aware, if you've been following the history of the last decade or two at all in digital, we're very aware that we need to build our business and the strength of our brand and our products and not allow others to build their business on our backs. So 
we're very careful what we negotiate and what terms we negotiate. And, you know, we don't take advertising um, and, you know, sort of give it away for free on other platforms or we don't do deals that aren't advantageous uh, to us in the long term, um, which sometimes means we don't adopt new platforms as quickly as some of our competitors. But that's because we have had a strategy that's been consistent of asking for fair value for this trusted content, which obviously costs money to create. To that point, like we've seen CTV platform owners, Amazon and Roku, get more aggressive with their distribution deals. We had the stalemates last year with Warner Media over HBO Max, NBC over Peacock. I mean, NBC is still in a stalemate with Amazon over Peacock and also with Samsung, who's kind of newer to getting a bit more aggressive when it comes to CTV distribution. Are you finding that the CTV platform owners are getting more aggressive? Are they asking for new things as renewal talks come up? Well, I, I would say that, yes, the, 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 the platforms are becoming more mature and you're seeing certain deals take longer to complete because it's, these are real businesses now. It's, it's no longer in the experimental phase. And so you have uh, hardened veterans of content distribution deals paying attention now. Maybe five to six years ago, you didn't have your lead negotiators working on these deals. That's a maybe. But I, I think we've seen some of our competitors do deals that we would not do. And perhaps that was a strategic move or perhaps it was maybe a lack of long-term thinking. But these deals feel very similar to um, more traditional distribution conflicts. And at the same time, ultimately they are being resolved. And in, you know, the, there's real money involved. And so I think it makes sense for anybody negotiating these deals to um, you know, take the position that's best for their business. And is it something where, because it's all very much resembling the traditional pay TV ecosystem in a lot of respects, we're going to see effectively like bundle negotiations where companies that have multiple streaming apps kind of try to knock out their distribution deals all at once, um, especially like because then on the media side, it seems like that's when you would have the best bargaining power. Certainly, you're seeing negotiations bundled, uh, and it and it is a sign of strength to have more than one uh, valuable asset with which to negotiate. So I think that, as we've seen in the past, it, it pays to play in different verticals and build up strength in different verticals, and to have a differentiated uh, products as well. I, it's encouraging, as always, to see brands that have built trust over decades, such as the CBS News, um, be able to convey that same value in new distribution outlets. 
Speaking of bundles, um, CNBC had an article, you spoke to them for this one about streaming news and kind of what, you know, why is it that we have all these major streaming services that don't have live news? Obviously, CBS All Access has live news and Paramount Plus, when it gets, when CBS All Access gets rebranded, is going to have live news um, within that. But then you also have CBSN as a standalone streamer as well. So you, you both are you're playing in both sides of it. How do you see this playing out? Is it going to be room for both or is there going to need to be a shakeout whether it, it's determined that, okay, streaming news needs to be a standalone streamer or it needs to be in a more of a bundled uh, service? Well, I'm definitely biased. So <laughs> I, I, I believe news is an extremely valuable part of of a bundle, I also believe it's valuable standalone. And that actually is reflected in our strategy. You can get the CBS News app uh, as a standalone free app, an AVOD service or an AVOD stream uh, in in many places. Um, Our apps also incorporate 10 local versions of CBSN, which we think is a differentiator from others in the space and which our viewers clearly value. Um, On the other hand, CBSN and our local streams are part of our SVOD service, currently called CBS All Access and soon to be renamed Paramount Plus. They are behind the paywall in that SVOD product. So it might seem like somewhat of a contradiction to have are the exact same thing offered for free in an AVOD product and behind the paywall in an SVOD product. I'll admit it it actually is a contradiction. It doesn't seem like a contradiction. It actually is one. But at the same time, to me, it has made sense in that regardless of how a viewer comes to either product, they're, they're receiving the value and the convenience of uh, news as a service in either. If you're in the SVOD service, you could say it's one-stop shopping. You can watch uh, NCIS and The Equalizer and soon to be behind the music uh, along with CBSN. And from a business standpoint, news creates retention, loyalty, and duration for the SVOD product. We have seen that with All Access over the years. So we know that it will continue to be valuable when we rebrand All Access as Paramount Plus. At the same time, there are people who just want news and and don't want to pay for the the bundled entertainment that uh, would come with it in the SVOD service. And so we're taking two bites of the apple with, with this strategy. Why not? Apples are good. Yes. You mentioned that um, 80% of the time people spend watching CBSN is on CTV. Is the revenue proportional to that? Is it 80% of revenues on CTV? Correct. More or less. I mean, that, that is an inexact number, but the vast majority of our video revenue is coming through connected TVs you- and, and connected devices and... <laughs> And the stream within connected devices and services. There was, you know, so much made over the past well, 
few years, but especially over the past year around advertisers, you know, being wary of being around the news, especially given how much news there was um, in 2020. And then like talking to some ad buyers in late in like Q4 talking about, oh, we have clients who like are coming around to the news. Um, we think they need to be on the news. Also, like, how can you not be on the news? That's what people are watching right now. Have you noticed any sort of rebound or renewed interest from advertisers in the news? Yes, there has definitely been, let's say, a resurgence of advertiser interest in news in the past year. I think that as a society, everybody in the in the advertising and media ecosystem has realized the life and death uh, public service that we've offered as during the pandemic um, and the level of engagement that we've provided as we've had the most major stories of our lifetimes between COVID, Black Lives Matter, um, and the d- divided politics that uh, have caused um, so much, so much uh, compelling drama and, in our in our country and globally. So we've definitely seen advertisers who previously thought they were aligned with other verticals like sports or entertainment come into news and see that their advertising within the news category was effective and helped sell their products. So proving the effectiveness um, goes a long way in allowing those advertisers to come back on repeat. We've definitely seen that happen. I think that at the same time, we have better targeting within, um, within streaming video and the programmatic ecosystem within streaming video has matured. So targeting and uh, the, the, the improvement of programmatic um, advertising in streaming have also helped contribute to what I would say is, is definitely a, a resurgence of interest and uh, advertising volume within the news category. And then lastly, how's audience interest in the news right now? Like we're three weeks out since Donald Trump officially left office and Joe Biden became president. Has there been the Trump slump that a lot of people were talking about? We haven't seen any slump since Trump left office. Uh, January was the number one month of all time for CBS News Digital in terms of total uniques. So that would include uniques uh, reading text on the website as well as streaming uh, video one way or another on on any platform. January was the number one month. So that's a really, I would say, encouraging sign uh, about the level of engagement in uh, a trusted news outlet such as ourselves. I would say that I do not expect to see a slump because we still have some major, major compelling stories that are not going anywhere anytime soon. The um, 
the the virus will remain a story throughout 2021. Um, the reckoning uh, over um, race in this country will continue for some time. I, I hope it ends in my lifetime in a, in a way that is a, a resolution that's, um, that is, gets us to a better place, let's say, than where we are right now. But I think that the reckoning that we are seeing with white supremacy, um, as well as with misogyny will continue for quite some time and will be, provide us with lots of news that, that we have to deliver. And the third story of our lifetime, I think, is climate change. So extreme weather is is happening right now. As you and I are talking, there are epic snowstorms happening across the United States. And uh, we, you know, we are now seeing year-round extreme weather between wildfires, hurricanes, huge, massive snowstorms, um, and record heat in the summers. And that is not something that's going to reverse. So in, in many ways, what I'm happy about is that we can focus on these really important stories now that uh, we have a n- different president in office and a different type of news cycle, which I think everybody in the Washington um, News Corps expects to be pleasantly scheduled and somewhat more predictable than the past four years of the Trump presidency. You mentioned the January audience record. I imagine the attack on the Capitol had a lot to do with that. Have you seen any drop off though since the inauguration? Because it feels like the news cycle has been, there's been a lot more policy talk and coverage than necessarily like politics, although we have the impeachment trial that just started up yesterday. Well, Here's the thing that makes it a little bit difficult to, to separate the growth of our digital platforms from a Trump presidency and an attack on the Capitol and inauguration and all the things that made January a monster. And that is that we still have a continuing virus that, that would be a massive story by any measure at any time. So that that continues to draw people day to day and the platforms that that CBS News Digital are on are continuing to grow so you know it's hard to get really surgical in terms of determining you know whether maybe we're seeing less audience because we have a different president you have a lot of new devices enter the marketplace during the holidays. People buy a new TV or they buy a new connected device or they've just simply made the switch to streaming from, uh, you know, linear TV or um, whatever else they were doing or what other activities they were doing. So it's really hard to separate it. We're continuing to grow. So many factors are contributing to that. And I, I expect those to continue. One thing the pandemic taught people was how to stream. So, you know, when I'm talking to my 70-year-old dad uh, who's isolating, he says, oh, well, I got to go 
uh, time for time time for my nightly narcos fix. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's not <laughs> he's he's streaming. Um, actually, very funny story is his his dog ate his remote and the TV was stuck on CBSN. So. How big is the remote? I don't know. Or small? I don't know. How big is the dog? I don't, big. But the good part for me is that his device was stuck on CBSN. So he was watching everything over and over. (laughs) No narcos for a month and then he had to go back to it. So, Um, but I think, you know, let's, I think this is just a, a theory, but everybody who was theorizing about the idea of a Trump slump might also not be taking into account that there are also people who were not engaging in news because they were tired of the the extreme partisanship. And I would say our news product would be less affected by any sort of change of administration Anyway, because we're decidedly nonpartisan, not focused on opinions and focused on really, you know, what we would just call straight news. And so I think you're definitely going to see changes in numbers in outlets that are more partisan one way or another because they were dialing into that partisanship at that time. And now that we have maybe less, less rhetoric coming out of the white house day in and day out, um, I think those outlets might be affected, but I don't see CBS news or CBS N being affected in the same way. And we are not seeing it in the numbers at all. Uh, Christy Tanner. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Enjoyed this. (laughs) Thanks for having me. It was fun. And thank you for listening to the Digiday Podcast. Please don't forget to share this episode with someone who you think would enjoy it. You can even rate us on Apple Podcasts if you like. We'll be back next week with another episode. Mm-hmm.